This is A New Angle, a show about cool people doing awesome things in and around Montana. I'm your host, Justin Angle. This show is supported by First Security Bank, Blackfoot Communications, and the University of Montana College of Business. Hey folks, welcome back. A few months ago, we spoke with energy economist Pete Larson about the state of play here in Montana. The Texas debacle back in February might seem like a distant memory, but given all the talk in Washington about infrastructure, I wanted to learn more about the state of energy systems here in Montana. I'm joined today by Robert Rowe. Bob is the CEO of Northwestern Energy, an organization that provides electricity and natural gas to over 700,000 residential and business customers in Montana, South Dakota, and Nebraska. But you also increasingly have an availability risk, too many straws in the same drink. And ultimately, in Montana in the winter, uh, in other parts of the country in the summer as well, that that creates you know, economic challenges, absolutely. Uh, but it, it creates health and safety risks as well. Bob has been CEO since 2008 and prior to that served as chair of the Montana Public Service Commission for 11 years. He's also served in leadership roles for various organizations committed to improving the efficiency and stability of our energy systems. Well, Bob, thanks for coming on to A New Angle, and we appreciate you being here today. Well, thank you very much for your interest and your very thoughtful questions. So before we get into it, tell us, tell us a little bit about you. Where did you grow up and how did you get interested in energy? Well, I've been interested in the subject for, uh, for decades. Uh, I grew up mainly in Portland, Oregon. I've got three of my four grandparents are buried at Mount Moriah Cemetery in Butte. Okay. And I moved to Montana as a, a VISTA volunteer in 19, fall of 1980 and have, uh, have been here ever since. Wow. And uh, what was your entry point into the energy industry? Well, actually, I, I did work uh, as a, a legal services lawyer on customer protections and things like that. Uh, and then I was at the Public Service Commission for 12 years. There was lots of work around telecommunications restructuring. And that was also the period during which Montana decided to go through electric supply deregulation and ultimately uh, divestiture, selling off the uh, generation assets by Montana Power Company. Then I went off to uh, work as a consultant, mainly outside of Montana. Uh, so there would be a, a, a bit of a, a break and mainly in telecommunications. And then I came back and joined Northwestern Energy in the last half of 2008. So let's talk about some of the kind of unique aspects of, of your organization. I mean, you serve a region that is so large geographically, but not very dense in terms of population. I'm sure that presents, you know, particular challenges and maybe some opportunities for, for your organization. How do you kind of think about those dynamics relative to other markets? Just to uh, paint the picture, we serve natural gas in Nebraska. We serve electricity and natural gas in South Dakota. We serve Yellowstone Park with electricity. Uh, and that's on a contract basis. And we're able to uh, do some uh, really kind of creative things in the park. And then in Montana, 
we are electricity and natural gas. So as you said, our, our overall service territory is one of the one of the most rural in the United States and one of the largest. So if you look at Northwestern Energy through a geographic lens, my goodness, we're a really big company. On the other hand, we're actually the fifth smallest investor-owned utility in the United States. But what I would say about every utility, uh, large or small, rural co-op or investor-owned, is we are we're the first 10% of the economy. If we're doing our job well, other things can happen. If we're not doing our job well, uh, imagine what the last year would have been like, how challenged first responders would have been, and on and on and on. So uh, all these different lenses, the, to me, though, the most important lens, just focusing on, on Montana, is we have over $5 billion um, gross plant and service between electricity and natural gas infrastructure that really is the, the foundational infrastructure for, uh, for serving Montana, again, both gas and electricity, uh, our own Retail customers depend on us. Um, rural electric cooperatives uh, depend on us doing a good job with our transmission system. Uh, other uh, large industrial customers, for example, who might buy directly from uh, from a supplier uh, somewhere else depend on us. Uh, smaller natural gas companies depend on our gas transmission. So again, uh, to me, all, all those lenses are interesting, but the one that I focus on the most in the Montana context is our stewardship of this state's critical infrastructure and provider of essential service. And hopefully, and this gets to the opportunity that you mentioned, hopefully we can uh, continue to uh, develop ways to be good partners to our uh, to our customers and partners to the communities that we serve. So let me maybe break down some of the of the functions of the of the organization. I mean, you've got gathering, you've got storage, you've got transmission and delivery. How do and then that's that probably works differently for the electricity side as it does for for natural gas. Like how is how's your kind of service portfolio constructed? We have been in the process of rebuilding a portfolio of resources uh, dedicated to serve Montana it's actually since uh, since 2008 and particularly with acquisition of the hydro system which is an incredible resource we're in a position where for the most part we are able to meet call it light load or moderate load requirements but we are extremely challenged to meet peak. And the nature of our system is loads at peak can be easily double uh, what they are on a pleasant, mild uh, spring or, or fall day. So a lot of our planning focus right now is on, on meeting peak. In February in Montana, was an example of uh, a peak event, but actually it was not as severe uh, as it could have been. The really cold weather uh, turned out to be uh, much to uh, much to our east. But it was a pretty good example of what can happen 
with severe weather in Montana anytime in the winter, but it, uh, we also uh, do experience uh, summer peaks as well. So our supply portfolio right now is a combination of thermal resources, hydro, uh, wind, and then we're starting to see some, uh, some solar and we'll be seeing some storage come on our, our system uh, as well. And different resources have different characteristics, different attributes. But in terms of thinking about how we deal, how we meet our customers' exposure to those peak markets, one of the key concepts is the effective load carrying contribution or ELCC. So for any particular kind of resources, how much can you realistically count on that resource to meet peak? Uh, and this is a, uh, an analysis that's become actually pretty well standardized uh, around the country. And different resources have different ability to meet peak. Typically, thermal resource is going to have a very high ability to, uh, to meet peak. An intermittent resource, uh, a very low ability. There will be some contribution, but relatively low. So as we've gone through the supply process of planning how to meet our customers' exposure to peak, we look at, at different resources and we look at resources in, in combination. The exposure to the peak market is uh, something, it's a national concern. Uh, as traditional resources shut down. It's particularly a Western United States concern where you know, we don't have, as I mentioned, a large organized Western US market, but throughout the Western market where we buy power from Montana, uh, traditional resources have shut down. In our neighborhood in the Pacific Northwest, uh, it's a real problem because uh, the, the investments in, for example, the hydro system and other resources going back uh, to the 1950s and before are, are still great resources, uh, but they are, are reaching their capacity. There are limitations on how the Columbia hydro system can be operated mm -hmm. uh, to meet peak. Uh, and again, the story of resources uh, closing down. We're participating in regional work on resource adequacy to understand the size of the problem and to be sure that we uh, are all looking at the problem the same way. But I think of it as fundamentally too many straws in the same drink. Sure. And our exposure in Montana is um, really 45% to the market at peak. Uh, and that's vastly more than any of the other uh, investor-owned utilities, uh, again, in our neighborhood. So we, we have a lot of risk on the, on the supply side. When you're saying traditional resources are shutting down, is, is, is that, does that mean that things like coal-powered, coal, you know, coal-fueled power plants and, and so forth and, and other fossil fuel sources are being shut down more and more? Yeah, lots, lots of coal plants. And then, of course, in California, uh, uh, some nuclear has, has okay. shut down as well. So those you could think of, again, as the, the term used to be baseload. Sure. Uh, or you could think of them as resources that are dispatchable to, to meet peak. Mm -hmm. Resources that are coming on are 
good resources in terms of producing energy when they're available. Right. But that might or might not match peak and they're not necessarily resources that you can call on. Right. If the wind's not blowing or if it's blowing too much, the, you know, the wind generators don't do it. Yeah. And, and that can be a problem. Uh, obviously, Texas uh, focused everyone's minds uh, very appropriately and a lot of lessons out of Texas. But California uh, last summer uh, was also uh, you know, very much a teachable moment. Uh, and actually, our Montana portfolio is almost the opposite of California in terms of California has a surprising amount of natural gas on its system that is dispatchable, that is a peak resource. Uh, and we have currently an awful lot more wind and hydro on, on our system. So they're almost uh, opposites. Mm -hmm. But uh, again, the uh, the concern for for our customers and more broadly for the entire state of Montana is this exposure to the regional peak market. And there's, as in most things, there are two parts to that risk. There is the, the price risk uh, that uh, you know, if you're buying on the market and everyone else is buying on the market at the same time, uh, supply and demand will drive that price up. And we saw that uh, certainly in February, where normally uh, regional market prices can be relatively low peak prices uh, were as high as $500 uh, a megawatt hour. It doesn't take very many hours at that price to uh, eat up whatever you save. So you, you have a price risk. But you also increasingly have an availability risk. Okay. And again, too many straws in the same drink. And ultimately, in Montana in the winter, uh, in other parts of the country in the summer as well, that that creates you know, economic challenges, absolutely, but it it creates health and safety risks mm -hmm. as well, and that's something that we we really need to be mindful of to be focused on. So those are the our our planning on the electric supply side is really focused on identifying sizing uh, the uh, this this peak deficit and risk, and then putting in place strategies to uh, to help address that. We'll be back to our conversation with Northwestern Energy CEO Bob Rowe after this short break. A new angle is supported by First Security Bank, Blackfoot Communications, and UM's College of Business. Access to capital, broadband, and education are three ingredients any community needs for success. Build it, bike it, ski it, hike it. Come be a part of the process for creating a new and better Marshall Mountain as the city embarks on a journey to bring the beloved Missoula Mountain into public ownership. Parks and Recreation will host a community celebration at Marshall Mountain on September 12th from 1 to 4 p.m. Residents will have a chance to tour the site and learn how to become involved with the planning for the future Marshall Mountain Recreation Area. Check it out. Hi, this is Kelly Webster, Chief of Stuff at the University of Montana, and you're listening to A New Angle. Welcome back to A New Angle. I'm speaking with Northwestern Energy's CEO, Bob Rowe, about the state of play with Montana's energy systems. One of the things I know is important to you and the organization is, is environmental stewardship. Um, 
you know, how are you viewing these proposals and other investments and in, 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 in operational strategy with regard to you know, your commitment to the environment? Our environmental stewardship is something that is part of our overall company uh, as a value and it's a value we implement. So that concerns not only power generation, but really all, all parts of the operation, electric as well as natural gas. We have fish biologists and avian experts and have some really great opportunities. A good example of a program in the hydro area, we've been partnering with uh, a rancher south of Ennis, uh, Jeff Laszlo on, on uh, the Granger ranches to, uh, to restore Odell Creek. This has been going on now for a number of years. So that's south of Ennis. And of course, just north of Ennis, uh, we operate the, the Madison River Dam. Along with that then comes the, just the stewardship opportunities and opportunities to partner with, uh, with communities and customers, whether that's Great Falls, where we have five dams, uh, Lewis and Clark uh, County, we have two, Thompson Falls, uh, where we have our, our largest dam. I mentioned the Madison Dam, and then we, we have Mystic Lake way up in the, uh, the Beartooth. These are incredible resources in terms of producing very reliable energy with predictable flows, uh, but also in, in Montana, their environmental resources, their recreational resources, and their, their cultural resources. In terms of carbon specifically, actually right now, in terms of energy uh, on, our, on our system, we're quite nearly 70% carbon-free, and uh, we believe that we can continue to lower that over, over time. Our projection, based on what we know now, is a 90% reduction in carbon from a 2010 baseline by 2045. And obviously there are people who would like us to be further ahead than that. But as we make progress in that area, our fundamental responsibility to our Montana customers is reliable, adequate, affordable energy, energy services. Montana is, is transmission constrained. And that really has to do with the change in the, uh, the resources that exist in Montana, not just on our system, but, uh, but all of the resources in Montana, regardless of, of who owns them. Meaning transmission lines and so forth and, and how they're structured relative to where populations are? Well, uh, that, that is part of it. And again, going back to the rural nature of Montana, we operate a transmission system that connects all of the communities that we serve, uh, also uh, connects many of the uh, rural electric cooperatives, our, our, our partners in those areas, but also serves, for example, the uh, industrial customers, refineries or others who are buying power on the market. So it's the internal Montana transmission system, but it's also the connections between Montana and the outside world. And there are a number of transmission paths going out of Montana uh, in each direction, north to Alberta, a very, very weak path uh, going 
east into the Dakotas, path going south. The, the largest path uh, is the, uh, the, the coal strip line that goes uh, out, to the, out to the west. As resources, as the conventional or dispatchable resources in Montana have shut down, uh, coal strip one and two shut down, for example, at, at certain times, Montana continues to be uh, an exporter. Uh, when demand is light and when the wind is blowing, uh, we can move uh, wind uh, out of Montana. Um, and we have other hydro resources, obviously, um, important hydro resources beyond just the ones that we own. But uh, what we are seeing increasingly is when demand is high in Montana, uh, Montana has shifted from being a net exporter of, of energy to a net importer. So from a generation perspective, that, that regional market is getting tighter and tighter. And from a transmission perspective, uh, because those transmission paths are so constrained, uh, it's more and more difficult to move that power into Montana. Uh, so those are both challenges. And on the uh, transmission side, in, in the February event, at one point, uh, there was as much as 850 megawatts of net import uh, into Montana. And again, that's notable from the perspective of our customers, but it's notable from and of concern from the overall Montana perspective. So you take those two things together, being generation deficient and transmission constrained, think about it in terms of uh, the risk faced by our customers, then think about it, draw the circle uh, even larger and think about it in terms of the risk faced by the state of Montana overall. And, and that's the situation that uh, we're all, uh, I hope, thoughtfully based on good information and goodwill trying to trying to address and 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 move beyond well bob you have to think about a lot of serious heavy issues and important issues to our state and beyond um as we close here i do want to ask you about one thing that maybe is a little bit more fun and that is you know you mentioned the odell creek restoration project um a few moments ago but Northwestern Energy also commissioned a painting to commemorate the project by uh, famed Montana artist Monty Dolak. Talk about that partnership and that, the importance of that uh, commemoration of that important restoration work. Absolutely. I would love to. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, this is the second time we've got to work with uh, Monty. A few years ago, he did a wonderful painting of uh, one of the dams in Great Falls. And uh, Folks who know Monty know that he's originally from Great Falls. Mm -hmm. uh, his dad uh, worked in industry up there. He has a real appreciation for and love of the natural environment and uh, is just very thoughtful about what we can do in that environment. Um, so that was a, a great project. Their proceeds went to uh, support stewardship uh, uh, work in in the Great Falls area. So last summer, the, the the COVID summer, one of the really great days I had uh, was uh, spending a day at Madison Dam and uh, down at Odell Creek and uh, visiting with Jeff Laszlo. Another great day was uh, walking through Monty's retrospective at on campus at the University of Montana mm -hmm. and just looking at uh, 
uh, his whole history. And it turned out that Monty hadn't really spent too much time down in, in the Madison Valley. Uh, so it was just a great opportunity to tell a story that I think all of Montana will, will care about. Uh, so uh, Monty spent time then last fall uh, down with, with Jeff Laszlo, uh, as he always does. I mean, he's a great craftsman as well as a, a talented creative artist with doing, doing the sketches and, and the different looks. Uh, and then the last uh, piece of it was, was really what we wanted to do was generate some revenue to support a, uh, a good local program. And uh, what we came up with was uh, Madison uh, Farm to Fork. Uh, and that's a, a group that is uh, sponsored by actually a whole bunch of uh, different organizations uh, in the community. And they focus on uh, educational programs uh, for really kids of all ages. It's a great, great program. The posters are available uh, unsigned, $25, signed, $75. Uh, we'll be making those uh, accessible over our webpage. Right now, the painting is on display at the Chamber of Commerce in Ennis. So that's one of many reasons to, to visit Ennis. And then next month sometime, it will be on display uh, just across the, uh, the hill at, uh, at Big Sky. So again, proceeds are all going to go to this wonderful organization that the uh, that the community supports. And so for us, it was an opportunity to to highlight the really good work being done on Odell Creek and the Madison Valley to help tell that story uh, more broadly. Great opportunity to work with Monty Dolak again, uh, and then to, uh, to support a, a great program in the community. So thank you very much for bringing that up. Absolutely. Well, thank you for the great work. And thanks to you and your team for you know, not only the the important restoration work, but yeah, the commitment to these Montana communities that um, that need the help. Um, Bob, this has been fantastic. I learned so much. I hope the listener, I'm sure that listeners will too. Um, for those that that don't really, you know, know much about Northwestern Energy, how would you direct them? Where where would you send them online to learn more about your organization? Yeah, we, we have been publishing two reports that I love. Uh, one is our community report, and that talks about things like this, talks about volunteer activities and economic development work. And then separately, uh, we uh, publish an environmental stewardship report. And those are both available. What we just started doing a few weeks ago is collapsing that into uh, basically a quarterly magazine uh, called Bright. And uh, each issue, issue will have uh, a, a focus on one or another uh, part of our work. The first issue just came out a few weeks ago. That's available up on our, our webpage too. Uh, we've got uh, uh, one feature about a great town manager in South Dakota. We've got a couple of features uh, about uh, Fort Denton in Montana and then some other information about the company, uh, but it, we're really, really excited to, to make that available to our customers as well. Super. Bob Rowe, thanks very much. Thank you very much. Great to visit.
Thanks for listening to A New Angle. We really appreciate it. And we're coming to you from Studio 49, a generous gift from University of Montana alums Michelle and Lauren Hansen. A New Angle is presented by First Security Bank, Blackfoot Communications, and the University of Montana College of Business. With additional support from Consolidated Electrical Distributors, Drum Coffee, and Montana Public Radio. AJ Williams is our producer. BTO, Jeff Amet, and John Wicks made our music. Editing by Nick Mott. And Jeff Meese is our master of all things sound. Thanks a lot, and see you next time.